The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. What's up, Pels fans? Today we're doing something a little bit different. Now, for all the latest Pelicans news, check out our Rondo special with Bird Rights, Junda and Johnny from yesterday. But today, we are going all in on the Western Conference, discussing five teams who did the most to improve and five who either didn't do enough or did something to regress. But before we get started, I just want to thank you guys all for listening and encourage you to take the time to rate us on iTunes. We greatly appreciate all of your support. But for now, Let's phone a friend. And now we welcome on to the show site editor and expert of nudlove.com. It's Matthew Huff. What's up, Matt? Not much. Just been following. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. The Nuggets this offseason. Hope you've been busy. Of course, uh, doing all things Pelicans related, but also keeping my close eye on uh, the Danilo Gallinari situation, the Paul Millsap contract. You guys have had a pretty successful offseason thus far, but not to spoil anything, a lot has happened in less than two short weeks of NBA free agency, and mostly all of the important chess pieces have moved with the exception of a few restricted free agents like Jermichael Green, Nerlens Noel. Now, after seeing the Warriors and the Cavs cruise to the finals last year, uh, most anticipated the NBA just just mailing in the 2017-18 season. However, the West has done quite the opposite, adding in Eastern Conference stars like Jimmy Butler, Paul George, the Denver Nuggets' own Paul Millsap. So with that in mind, we take a look at the Western Conference and we break down which five teams have done the most to improve and which five have done the most to regress starting with regression number five who is your team most like or i guess we're starting at one so let's start at five who is your fifth most likely team to regress this season my fifth most likely team to regress this season would probably be the portland trailblazers i'm not saying that because i think they got worse but i just don't think they did enough i mean they had a good draft but I don't think those pieces they got are going to really amount to anything for a couple of years. And with the way the West improved this year, I think they're going to see a little bit of a slip in production. I think that's a fair assessment. It's difficult to pick anybody. Uh, If anything, I would have, 
I, I would have Portland as having improved just uh, based on that Yusuf Nurkic trade last year made them so much better. And uh, he had some injury woes at the end of the season that affected their their playoff performance. But you could really see just as soon as they added him, the light really came on for them. And they added Zach Collins in the draft with uh, a couple of their picks that they combined to move up to number 10 with the Sacramento Kings. So it's it's tough picking anybody to regress, but uh, they're as good a candidate as any, especially considering they weren't able to unload any of those uh, extraneous contracts like right. Alan Crabb and uh, Aminu and possibly Mo Harkless. Just so much money going to so many different parties. Um, yeah. But we've got to pick five. So who's your number four? My number four is going to be the Dallas Mavericks. I know they added Dennis Smith Jr., who actually just had a monster game in his summer league performance the other night. But, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is getting old. You're, we're still not sure of the situation with Nerlens Noel since he's a restricted free agent. Are they going to bring him back? And then Seth Curry is still, you know, developing. And just you know, the same case kind of with Portland. I don't know if they did enough to just, you know, compete with the rest of the West who improved. Definitely. And I really like Dennis Smith, and I think he does make them incrementally better. But what makes it difficult yeah. for me to say that they've improved is we, we just don't know the status of Nerlens Noel. If they were able right. to secure him at, say, $12 million a year, I might put them a little bit higher on this list. But uh, just anticipating they're going to overpay for him, uh, is, is, is that your method of thinking as well? What do you think is going to all take place as far as Nerlens go, Noel goes? I, basically what you said, I think they're either it's either going to be a case of they're going to bring him back, but they're going to overpay him, which will kind of handicap them for the future to bring in any other quality players, or they're just going to miss and they're going to, you know, he'll land with another team for a reasonable contract and they're just going to be have a massive lack of rim protection. No, the, but the, the worst case scenario that could happen here is, is Nerland's Noel signs his qualifying offer, comes back for one year, and becomes an unrestricted free agent next year. So a lot could happen. Uh, at the end of the day, he's probably going to sign something uh, along the lines of like a, a four-year, I don't know, $80 million contract. Do you think that's a fair guess? Yeah, that's a fair guess. Whether it's a fair deal, that's beside the point. But that's what I be my prediction. Yeah, until we know those numbers, it's it's hard to declare them uh, a winner right. of any variety. Let's go to number three. Number three, I would have to say, is the Utah Jazz. And, and this one was because I mean that's pretty obvious. I think I mean losing Gordon Hayward, I, they did do a good job of retooling. You know, I think I mean there's a chance they might be able to get Jay Crowder back, but I mean anytime you lose a guy who's impactful like Gordon Hayward, it's just going to be hard to play at the level like they were playing at last year now this one's difficult for me because it's it's difficult to discern what what the definition of regressing is last season they won 51 games they were fifth seed in the west so uh we'll have to rightfully assume that that teams are going to pass them and i have i have a difficult time uh coming to grips with that because although they did lose gordon hayward uh by all accounts uh someone who will be an all-star in the east and an all-nba type player they still have Rudy Gobert, who's getting better. Derek Favors had a, yeah. another fantastic quality year. Joe Johnson still uh, scores for them in the fourth quarter. And then you've added, you know, Ricky Rubio. That's certainly very interesting. Tavo yeah. Snefalosha, Donovan Mitchell, uh, much like Dennis uh, Smith, has had a, a really fantastic summer league. So we don't know what we're going to get from him. In addition, this this could be a team that surprises us, although we have yeah. had injury history with Ricky Rubio. Yeah. So, and in Utah, they can't seem to keep any of their point guards healthy. So, I, I think and they that, did lose George Hill. They did lose George Hill. I know, but 
Um, I, I think he played 50 games last year, so he was definitely a, a fantastic player when available, but uh, he's right. getting older, and you... I mean, you can make an argument that they upgraded at this position with Ricky Rubio, but he's another uh, injury concern. So I, I think this yeah. is another fair one. Let's go to number two. Number two, I think, is going to be a little surprising for some people. I have the Memphis Grizzlies. I think losing Zach Randolph is actually going to be a bigger um, – have a bigger impact than a lot of people assume because Zach Randolph has always been a solid player. People forget um, when he was with New York, he was an easy 20-10 and 10 guy per night. And then he and Marcus Gasol during their time in Memphis were one of the most underrated front courts, in my opinion, even though people rightfully assumed that they were the best defensive front court in the league most of the time. And then plus you lose another veteran presence in Vince Carter. I mean, that's going to be hard to replace. I don't care how old the guy is getting, but I mean, you lose two pieces like that. And with the way, you know, Mark Gasol isn't getting any younger and the way that this team is constructed, I have a hard time seeing them stay where they're at or even improving. Yeah, this was my number one uh, for all the reasons you just stated. Marcus Hall has been floated in trade rumors this summer. Tony Allen yep. is still a pending free agent. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to bring him back. Uh, of course, Zach Randolph, as you mentioned. Jamichael Green is still a, re- a restricted free agent. We have no right. idea what, what terms he's going to come to. Uh, they they overpaid for Ben McLemore. I'm not sure who exactly was bidding against them. And uh, Tyreek Evans, they got on a pretty uh, a pretty nice contract, a one-year $3 million deal. They yeah. won... 43 games last year. They were seventh seed. They have to be the most likely team to fall out of the playoff picture. And uh, mm-hmm. by by all accounts, it's it's the end of the the grit and grind. They still have Mike Conley for a few more years, and Chandler Parson uh, is basically just going to be a no show, perhaps for the remainder of his contract. So I think Memphis is in a really tough spot for the foreseeable future. Do you think Marcus All stays with the Grizzly throughout the remainder of this season? I'm going to say he'll stay throughout the remainder of this season, depending on the success. However, if they regress, like I think they will, I expect him in a like in him in a new jersey come next year, whether it be through trade or something like that. Yeah, it's it's tough because I I love their style of basketball. It's a classic yeah. like 1980s, 1990s, like New York Knicks, exactly. Detroit Pistons, just doing everything the right way, technique and. And it's tough to see it go. He is uh, under contract for another two seasons and then a player option. So there, there's no, there's no reason to move him beyond his his own uh, preference. Uh, so we'll see yeah. what happens going forward. But the the Boston Celtics were said to be interested in him. I can't see that taking place unless the Grizzlies were to take back Al Horford. But even even with Al Horford, they might get a little bit younger, but definitely not better. So that's that's my number one. Now let's hear your number one. My number one is the Los Angeles Clippers, and once again, pretty self-explanatory. You lose Chris Paul. I know you get Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan back, but in my opinion, without Chris Paul, there's just no leadership on that team. And then don't forget, you lose J.J. Redick in the two, and I mean, that's an important piece. That was a dead-eye three-point shooter that you're losing along with your floor general. And I just I just have a hard time believing that Blake and DeAndre are going to have a, have a good time keeping that ship afloat. I'm going to take the other side on this. I actually had them listed as my fifth team most likely to improve. And it's okay. not necessarily because I see them rising in the ranks. Let's see how many games they won last year. They won 51 games last year. They tied with the Jazz. They took the, the tiebreaker, and they took the fourth seed. But they could have... Uh, by all determinations, been a fifth-seeded playoff team last year. Now, when Chris Paul uh, was injured three years ago, and Blake Griffin, I I think, finished 
third in the MVP tally. Uh, Chris Paul wasn't on the floor. There's there's a Ewing theory to be discussed here. And with additions mm-hmm. like Patrick Beverly, who's a fantastic defender, and, uh, right. and a willing like team first point guard, you've got Lou Williams, who's the scorer that everyone thinks that Jamal Crawford is. But he's actually not anymore. He did not shoot well last year. He doesn't play well in the playoffs. Uh, his his shooting numbers are known to drop. He doesn't contribute in any other way other than scoring. And I, I would say at this point in time, making $16 million a year, you can't even trust him to do that on a nightly basis. So, And, and they've also added Sam Decker. Um, Luke Bamute is still a free agent. I don't know if they bring him back. Yep. Oh, they added Danilo Gallinari, and I'm going to murder this name, and I apologize. We are not professionals here. <laughs> Mios Teodosic, uh, which a lot of people are really, really high on, and he's kind of the facilitator that Chris Paul was or said to be without the uh, the angry temperament. So I don't know. I'm I'm not on board with you on this one, but I can certainly understand the rationale. Anytime you lose a top-10 NBA player, you, you can't be called a winner. Uh, but the Ewing theory... <laughs> is in play here, and I am very anxious to see how the Clippers perform with this totally retooled new roster, which would you hear them not necessarily better, but at least deeper. Like, uh, throughout the course of their Doc Rivers years, their their number one complaint was that they didn't have anybody beyond their their starting five. There was nobody to come off the bench and do the things that they needed, a a P.J. Tucker type, somebody to to come in and give them the added oomph that they that they hoped that they were going to get from Jeff Green and Jared Dudley and just never did. Now they have those guys. Now they have the Teodosic and Lou Williams and Sam Decker to come off the bench. And uh, Gallinari, I, I would assume, would start. So that's going to be a, a very yeah. interesting, very big lineup. Uh, and we'll see how healthy he can stay. But yeah, the all right. interesting th- thing there is Gal- they've needed a like solid stretch three, four years, and that was one of the destinations I kind of wondered about Gallinari going to, and now they got him, but just bad timing because now they lose you know, their top 10 NBA point guards. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. But I'm glad they finally broke those two up because for years we've conjectured about the the, the fit between Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and yeah uh, the Blake Griffin being uh very much in the in the mold of a Nikola Jokic just a, a fantastic passer from the from the post and willing facilitator and playmaker it'll be interesting to see if he can stay healthy if he can uh, regain his status from two years ago as a, a top five NBA player. And really uh, keep this team afloat. I I wouldn't bet against it. Um, I'm not saying that any any team that loses Chris Paul will probably become worse, but I'm not willing to bet against it just just yet. I I like all these acquisitions. All right, let's go over to improvements. All right, Matthew Huff, who do you have as your fifth most likely team to improve in the Western Conference? At number five, I'm probably going to surprise you here. I have the Pelicans, actually, because DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis have spent some time together. They'll get another year under their belt to kind of gel together. And then I'm going to go out on a limb here, and you kind of alluded to this already in a for earlier podcast. I'm going to assume that they'll get Rajon Rondo, actually. And people forget, Rondo and Cousins were actually teammates for a year in Sacramento, and they actually fit kind of well. And people were concerned about that at first because, you know, you got two kind of high-tempered players playing with each other. Is that going to work? Will they clash heads? And they actually didn't do, do too bad with each other. And if you get add Rondo, who is, has a high IQ for a point guard, despite his temperament, and you add him with guys like Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, I think they have a legitimate shot at the eight or seven seed in the West. 
By the way, thank you for acting as our private sponsor. We certainly appreciate that <laughs> here at thebirdrights.com. Um, we do have a podcast uh, from last night with two of our guys, Johnny Harvey and uh, Zachary Junda, breaking down Rajon Rondo, what it could mean possibly to the Pelicans lineup. Um, and I have to say that I disagree. I didn't have the Pelicans on here at all. I think the Drew Holiday contract is crippling, not by the dollar amount, but by the years. Uh, it, it ruins any flexibility at this point in time. We haven't been able to get a, to get off of any of these crippling contracts like Omar Ashek or um, Solomon Hill is not someone necessarily that we need to move, but we could certainly use that money at this point in time. Alexis Aginsa, uh Quincy Pondexter, someone we are hopeful will come back and contribute. Yeah, he, but but the he, jury... could, he could be well for you. Yeah, he could. And Rajan Rondo, when. When I think in terms of my friend Daniel Coughlin from uh, Bulls Beat Blog, um, he's he's a guy who plays really well at an all-star type level when the lights are brightest. When it's a TNT game, there was a, a famous Chicago Bulls run of 20 consecutive wins on TNT, basically just insinuating that Rajon Rondo gets up for primetime television. So when the Pelicans, but the Pelicans aren't really a primetime television type. <laughs> Uh, so should we make it to the playoffs? We we would love um, to add a player who almost single-handedly swept the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. He was averaging 12-11-9. and nine. He was playing respectable defense uh, using his length against Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley. And those Bulls were, were really about to shock the world and, and, and be the first team ever to sweep a one seed as an eight seed. But unfortunately, he broke his thumb. And uh, now we're back to hearing stories about his Instagram battles with Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade and his, his <laughs> with Rick Carlisle and his number chasing in Sacramento and how he really hasn't played a whole lot of defense since, uh, I would say, the 2010 Boston Celtics or 2011 Boston Celtics, you could say, but he does have the capability. So um, pairing him with Darren Ehrman, his uh, previous defensive coach in Boston, we're 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 hoping for the best, but we're we're praying for the uh, we're preparing for the worst. Uh, Demarcus Cousins <laughs> calls him his his big brother, and that's another thing. I don't want to go too much in on Pelicans, even though this is a Pelicans podcast. But uh, they've they've brought in Chris Finch um, to to engineer this offense around yep. Marcus Cousins. They've brought in his brother Jaleel Cousins. They've uh, flirted with Nick Young and Ty Lawson, and now Rajon Rondo from Kentucky, James Young from Kentucky. It seems like they're doing a lot of things right now to keep Boogie happy, and that makes me nervous because. We only have one superstar that we should be trying to make happy at this point, and his name is Anthony Davis. Um, Davis, yeah. Yeah, so uh, hoping for the best, praying for the worst. I did not have them on here, but I definitely think it would be um, a surprise, not necessarily a shock, but a surprise to many if the Pelicans don't at least improve from their 10th overall seed where they won 34 games last year. Uh, Hopefully... They should at least make it up to a seven or eight seed. So they they certainly do mm-hmm. belong on the list, but I'm not willing to uh, add them on there as a natural pe- uh, pessimist. <laughs> All right, yeah. Matt, who's number four? Number four is my very own Denver Nuggets. I mean, adding Paul Millsap to go along with Nikola Jokic in that front court, that's going to be a very dynamic front court. You got Jokic's offensive capabilities, and then you got the experience and rim protection that Millsap provides, not to mention the mentorship. It'll be able to provide not just Jokic, but really any of the young guns on our team. I know we lose Gallinari, 
but when you consider the bargain we got for Paul Millsap, really a three-year, $90 million contract with a team option on the third year, it's hard to see us, in my opinion, and this could just be my Nuggets bias coming out here. I'm going to be, it's hard to see us not getting at least a seven or six seed next year with, even with the rest of the division, with the exception of Utah, maybe improving. It's just, I, I mean, it's to a point now, it's like we got our dynamic duo of stars and Jokic and Millsap now. I mean, it's time. It just seems like it's the right time for us to finally get back to the postseason. Uh, I can't argue with that at all. You guys are loaded. My one concern mm-hmm. is that you're you're somewhat replacing Danilo Gallinari with Paul Millsap, who I think everyone would agree is an upgrade. With that being said, while your roster is loaded and you've got all these wonderful young players like Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, uh, Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley, Nikola Jokic, all these guys are definitely going to improve. You're you're still a little crowded. Um, you've still got, you know, yep. Kenny Reed making 13 million a year. You've got Daryl Arthur at 8 million a year. You added Trey Lyles in a in a peculiar move. Um, oh, and Tyler Lyle. uh, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, I'm still waiting. Like you guys have got to be able to get out from underneath Kenneth Farid's contract and, and give more minutes to these younger guys, get Jameer Nelson out of here. What are you going to do with Emmanuel Moutier? There's just so many questions. It's, it's going to take really some magnificent coaching to get to the best possible lineups to pair with the Denver Nuggets and to really get them firing on all cylinders, not just offensively as they did last season, but also get some kind of middle of the pack defense. Do you see them improving defensively next season? Obviously Paul Millsap is going to do wonders to help in that regard. Yes. But one thing has to happen and you brought up a very good point with us being kind of crowded and we've already been there's already been reports like a week ago or something of us trying to trade you know guys like Kenneth Reed and Jay Crowder I think one guy I would love to get my hands on actually for us to as kind of a gallo replacement is Jay Crowder from Boston but since they added Hayward and then actually during the draft and I'm not even going to go into our draft I, it drove me nuts I, I did not understand many of those moves but I mean, during the draft, there were reports that we were actually trying to trade for Eric Bledsoe from Phoenix and offering them our 13th pick in Emmanuel Moutier, which tells you that there that Moutier is definitely expendable. So, and then don't forget you have Barton, who's made it clear that he's going to opt out of his deal next year. So, I mean, that makes him probably a tradable piece. So, I mean, I'm going to say yes, we could get improved defensively significantly if you're, you know, if you're looking for a reason other than Millsap. But that has to happen. We have to find some, you know, salary shedding, shedding trade that gets rid of guys like, you know, Arthur and Fareed along that type of line. And what exactly are you expecting from 30-year-old Wilson Chandler, a guy who fits pretty well into this team dynamic right now, but didn't play in 2015-16, uh, played 78 games in 14 and, and 15, but missed significant chunks of time from uh, 2010 to 2014. Yeah. Uh, what are you expecting from him this season? Or would you prefer a lot more minutes going to someone like, I don't know, um, Gary Harris possibly at the three position and being able to utilize all your young and dynamic guards? I expect him to have another good season. He actually, had, Chandler, that is, had his um, best scoring season last year, averaging a career high in points per game. And I think now with Gallinari gone, he, you know, that kind of opens up a door depending on if we make any more trades for him to jump into the starting rotation. Cause there were reports, multiple reports last year of him being unhappy with his 
current role on the team and not happy, you know, coming off the bench all the time for Gallo because Gallinari was just horrible off the bench. And so now I think this will kind of be a little bit of weight off his shoulders. And I think, I think he'll have a decent season for us, especially since his contract is nearly up. I, if I remember correctly, he still has one or two years left on it. So he'll be playing, you know, hard to get, you know, so get other teams or, or the Nuggets interested in giving him a good deal for when his contract expires. Yeah, you're you're basically passing up the offensive uh, shooting, let's say, capability of Gallinari. Uh, Wilson Chandler is a 33% three-point shooter. Millsap is a 31%, 32% career, but he's going to add defense. So you guys right. are definitely set to improve. Uh, I apologize for playing devil's advocate, but you still have a lot of no, questions. No if, if this team oh, is yeah. going to be a, a top-four team, in the in the West, there's there's still a lot for Mike Malone to unveil, and I'm I'm really interested to see what they do because Denver has been so loaded ever since that Carmelo trade with with yep. depth, and they've never been able to translate it into like eight I don't know playoff ready performers, and uh, they they have the pieces to do it, so it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds this season. All right, where were we? Was that number four or number three? Uh, that was number four. All right, let's go to three. At number three, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. For all the obvious reasons, Andre Roberson, three years, $30 million deal, a great deal. Patrick Patterson, three years, yep. uh, $16 million. Stephen Adams is a great center. And, of course, acquiring Paul George. Paul George. Victor Oladipo and DeMonta Sabonis. Is it interesting to you in, in just the grand spectrum of things that essentially – Oklahoma just acquired Paul George for Serge Ibaka. Does that make sense? I, I, it's really baffling when you think about it. I mean, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, you know, in a roundabout way. But when you, but still, trying to wrap your mind around it, it almost, it almost makes you feel sad if you're any other fan because after you see the, how cheap they got Paul George, I mean, it makes you kind of kick yourself if you're a team like you know a fan. Of, of another team that how what you could have gotten for a superstar talent like Paul George and Oklahoma City beat you to the punch. However, there's still a high risk there because I mean Paul George. There's been multiple rumors saying Paul George is interested in only playing for LA, and once he gets the chance to hit free agency, that's where he's headed. So I mean, it, they're they're carrying a risk with possibly a one year rental with he and Westbrook, though he and Westbrook package, but it could be worth it. We'll see if they can get further in the than the first round yeah i consider paul george to be a top 10 talent but i'm concerned for all the same reasons that you are uh oklahoma won 47 games last year i think they finished as a six seed uh so it's it's tough for me to predict them going any higher than that in still a a crowded western conference and is that going to be enough to get paul george to stick around and then on top of that both paul george and russell westbrook are these these fiery um I don't want to say egocentric, but uh, just just ball-dominating hero-type uh, basketball players. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of reports in Indiana of, of Paul George not getting along with uh, Lance Stevenson or not getting along with C.J. Miles. He essentially, like, yelled at C.J. Miles after a playoff game when C.J. had a, a wide-open, like, 15-footer yeah, I remember and that. unfortunately missed it. But Paul George was just adamant that that should have been his shot, even though he was double-teamed at the time. I'm just <laughs> – it's not a natural fit. They do play different positions. Um, but 
I don't know. I don't. I don't see it working out. But they definitely had to take the risk. They got off of Victor Oladipo's uh, overpaid contract. He is a he is a good player, but it's it's definitely a risk worth taking. Uh, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I was listening to um, Zach Lowe's podcast last night, and everybody's declaring Oklahoma City the the winner of the NBA offseason. And I'm just I'm just not on board with them. Obviously, yeah. it's a move they had to do. Like I said, but. I, I just don't see an incremental increase in production next season. I think they probably finish around the the same place, and Paul George ultimately ends up leaving them. Maybe Let's fifth. Go. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go to number two. Wait, I'm going to really shock some people here, but number two, actually, I have is the Sacramento Kings. Uh, and just I'm, I'm going to go on my little soliloquy here and just hear me out. The Sacramento Kings had a finally – a decent draft after all these years of making questionable draft picks. They got De'Aaron Fox and along with some other nice pieces in the draft. And then two underrated moves this from this offseason were, I mean, they got two, uh, the two Grizzlies. I mean, they got Vince Carter, who will be a veteran presence for those young guys and a great mentor. I mean, he's one of the class acts of the NBA. And then they added Zach Randolph, who is, you know, kind of one of those second tier stars will provide grit and defense down low for them. I mean, I'm basically I'm calling that I'm going to be start calling them the Sacramento Grizzlies next season because of they just added the two two key pieces from Memphis. But I mean, I think those moves are going to really benefit the Sacramento long term. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I mean, after the seasons they've had, I mean, there really is nowhere to go but up. And that's I mean, they had a nice draft, and you know, and those two moves are actually really nice. They got. Carter, I think, on a reasonable one-year deal, and then Randolph is just such an underrated player, I think, and he'll really help that young core. I am 100% in agreement with you. This is exactly where I had the Sacramento Kings. I'm going to finish your thought for you. Uh, They added De'Aaron Fox, obviously. George Hill, they got on a great two-year, $39 million contract. There is a third year on there, but it's a team option. They really crushed that contract. They got Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, on a nice deal, three years, uh, less than $30 million. Again, a team option. Um, and Vince Carter's a one-year $8 million deal, so you don't have yep. to worry about him going forward. Uh, they've, they've got great flexibility. Garrett Temple is in the, the last year of his deal before his player option. The rest of the guys are all on rookie contracts with the exception of <laughs> Zach Randolph, who's on a two-year contract. They are really in great shape right now. And yeah. if some of these rookies like Justin Jackson and Harry Giles end up working out and we see growth from uh, Papa, G- Papa Giannis, who knows how to say it, and Scal showed some improvement, Willie Cauley-Stein, Malachi Richardson, Buddy Heald, uh, Frank Mason, they, they are in great position to uh, steadily improve as all the Western Conference uh, superpowers right now start getting a little bit older. We've got Chris Paul and Blake Griffin in their 30s, as, and the Spurs are getting a little bit older with LaMarcus Aldridge. As these teams start falling out of the rotation, the Kings could easily supplant them in three to four years. Um, yeah. I really like this pick on your part, and I am very surprised that uh, we are in an off season where we are both lauding the the moves of the Sacramento Kings. But I'm one hundred percent on board with you. Let's go to number one. Who is the team most likely to improve its fortunes in the 2017-18 season in the Western Conference? My number one is the Minnesota Timberwolves with the additions of Jimmy Butler and Jamal Crawford. They finally have a big three. You got two young, great, promising talents and Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, who even as a Nuggets fan, I'm a huge fan of. And then you add Jimmy Butler to go to complete the trio of stars. 
And then Jamal Crawford is going to be a great presence coming off the bench. I think he'll really – he's going to fit a lot better than a lot of people think with that young core. Yeah, I'm in 100% agreement. I I understand that uh, others don't – don't. everybody will probably agree that they did a lot to improve. Just with the Jimmy Butler heist, Butler. Uh, trading him yeah. for Chris Dunn. And I, I don't want to give up on Chris Dunn because I was really high on him uh, coming through the draft. The Pelicans, I was really hoping that he would follow to the Pelicans – in case we missed on Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray went mm-hmm. third to the Celtics, I was really hoping that Chris Dunn was going to fall to us over Buddy Heald. And of course, uh, he ended up going to the Wolves and had a pretty disappointing season. But with just him and, and Laurie Markinen and um, Zach Levine coming off that torn ACL, the, the Timberwolves really crushed that trade. I, I will say that, in my opinion, I think two years, $28 million for Taj Gibson is too much. And the Jamal Crawford contract, I would have preferred to go to CJ Miles. They were in negotiations, and Miles was waiting for them to to offload some contracts like Cole Aldridge so that they could pay for him. They ended up settling for Jamal Crawford at uh, pretty equal numbers. And like I said earlier, he had a pretty down year, only shot 36% from three, uh, which is still admirable, 12 points from the field um, in 26 minutes. But he he literally contributes nothing else, and he is going to be 37 years of age this year. So I would have preferred C.J. Miles there, but you really can't dispute um, two years of of Jimmy Butler. They got Jeff Teague on a great contract, just three years. The third is a player option. Um, You've got to hope for some improvement from Andrew Wiggins. Cat looks like he's going to be a top-ten player if he isn't already. Um, And now you have to to wonder who's going to start – Gorgie Dang and Todd Gibson, because if you put Gibson in there, you've got a pretty dynamic defensive lineup if Wiggins can ever uh, realize his potential. Uh, he hasn't been a great defender as of late, but he's been no. asked to do so much scoring. And now with Jeff Teague and Jimmy Butler there, he can really just concentrate on using his length to disrupt people on the wing. And with Tom Thibodeau, you you just have to believe this team is going to make it into the playoffs this season. Um with with all these moves and with by all accounts a great coach in Tom Thibodeau, I'm really looking forward to watching these guys on League Pass. I think this is a pretty good uh, list you put here, Matt. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like your list too, and uh, I'm just glad it wasn't you know exactly the same. I'm glad that we played devil's advocate and we had all had good counter arguments. Yeah. Uh, before we got on here, I, I made sure that Matt sent me his list ahead of time because I was like, oh man, how. How boring of a podcast would it be if we just completely were in total agreement on every single selection? <laughs> but uh, wonderful job here, man. Go ahead and plug yourself. This is, again, Matthew Huff. You can follow him at Mellow underscore. Wait, it's go ahead and tell him Huff Mellow 7, but there's an underscore somewhere. Yeah, it's Huff underscore Mellow 7. There it is. I couldn't remember if there were two yeah. underscores. And he is the site <laughs> expert and editor of NUGGlove.com. This is Fansided's ode to the Denver Nuggets, so he is very excited about his Paul Millsap and his Nuggets. Tell our listeners a little bit about what they can see from you, and uh, of course, we're going to have you back in the regular season, and we're going we're gonna to preview all of our matchups with the Denver Nuggets, just like we did again last year. So tell our listeners uh, what kind of works they can look forward to reading on your site. Well, right now, actually, I got a new co-editor. Shout out to Tom West. He's been doing a great job and kind of helping me shoulder the load. Like, if you go on our site right now, you'll see kind of a game recap from our first summer league game where we finally won a game against the Houston Rockets last night. And the guy named by the name, I think, Tory Craig had an unbelievable double-double, 27 points, 11 rebounds. And then you also see 
other free agency news, you know, on how why Denver should pursue a, get someone with the likes of Jonathan Simmons or even why Denver, you know, even though he signed with Atlanta now and why Denver could have targeted Dwayne Dedman, you know, stuff along that, the free agency, kind of the stuff you would expect from the summer. And then during the season, you'll see plenty of takeaways and game recaps and season and game previews as well. Great stuff, Matt. We look forward to having you back uh, once the regular season gets started and uh, do a couple of previews and some recaps on our boys' matchups. But for now, thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you again soon. Yep, thank you. All right, thank you again to Matthew, and thank you to you guys uh, for tuning in and for going in on uh, this little experiment with me. I do hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you didn't, we'll be back to Pelicans news as soon as any news breaks. Uh, We're getting closer and closer to signing Rajon Rondo to his one-year agreement, and as soon as we do that, we'll be right back to report on it for you guys. As always, go to thebirdrights.com. Always new content up there. Uh, High five to Ollie, and for all of you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to, go on iTunes and leave us a rating and a positive mark. Uh, But if not, we just appreciate you being here and uh, we hope to see you again soon. Let's go, pals. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to GEICO. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.